Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the government prepares to close the Canada-U.S. border to non-essential traffic. We are continuing to work on the uh, fine-tuning of the agreement between Canada and the United States. I think it's almost there. Uh, my understanding is that the measures will probably come into place uh, in the night between uh, Friday and Saturday. A promise from the government that it will spend whatever it takes to keep Canadians healthy and safe. So I don't want any Canadian to think that a lack of money or even arguments about who's responsible for paying the bills is going to in any way impede our national response to this global pandemic. And how far could officials go in efforts to slow down the spread of the coronavirus? There are some very powerful quarantine um, acts within uh, every level of government, particularly at the local level. So there could be some circumstances uh, if someone's particularly high risk to someone else's health that um, you know, such um, approaches can be exercised. But uh, one is not aiming for that to be the key response. It's Friday, March the 20th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief and the host of the follow-up podcast, Althea Raj. Good morning, Althea. Good morning, Mark. We're expecting that sometime in the next 24 hours, the Canada-U.S. border is going to be closed to non-essential travel. This is almost unprecedented. Uh, what does it mean? What's the scope of this? And what impact is it going to have as far as we can tell at this point? Well, at the moment, uh, what we've been told is that in the night uh, of Friday to Saturday morning, uh, the U.S., the border with the United States is going to be shut down to non-essential travel. So unless you have a good reason for crossing the border, a work-related reason um, or um, something that would convince border officials that you're not going there for uh, tourism reasons or pleasure, uh, you will not be able to cross the border. Uh, the U.S. president said that um, this would probably last about 30 days. Christia Freeland, the deputy prime minister, confirmed that that was actually Canada's ask. Uh, Canada had wanted to have a 30-day, let's see how things go, period, and then that, that is likely um, what has been agreed to. And then it could last for longer. What's really important for the federal government uh, and for business is that the border remains open to business, that supply chains keep moving, and that, frankly, uh, Canada gets food and medical supplies from the United States because that is how most of it gets into our country. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and is there any risk here with any of that? I think it's too early, frankly, to say uh, what the result is going to be at the border because... We're not sure how people are going to respond. By people, I mean border guards. Um, the other thing is that there's pretty big loophole. Uh, so, you know, if you're fam if part of your family remains in the United States, they're still able to cross the border. Now, there are questions about, you know, if you're an American citizen and you're on a student visa, what happens to you? And so there are still details that haven't been yet uh, announced, I think, to ease some people. I know, for example, our newsroom has been flooded with uh, concerns from individuals who are like, well, does this apply to me? We don't know yet. Presumably, any Canadians who are still in the United States who are returning home this weekend or next week, uh, they'll be allowed back into the country, right? Any Canadian 
no matter uh, what happens, we'll always be allowed back in the country. Yeah. That is the message that the government has repeated over and over and over again. So the only um, bimbal, I would say, a little asterisk to that is if you have COVID-19 and you are abroad and you need to fly, you are going to be stuck where you are because the message to airlines has been not to accept anybody that shows symptoms of COVID-19. And so in that case, uh, you won't be allowed to allowed to board the plane, but the border remains open to you. So if you can get here with a car or uh, on your sailboat (laughs) (laughs) or swim, you can get here. Yes, there you go. Um, now, one interesting thing is, though, though that the government is not going to send planes. There's not going to be some sort of mass uh, uh, evacuation or repatriation of Canadians with the government sending planes to other countries to bring them home, right? You learned that yesterday? Yes, exactly. So that the Wuhan-style uh, evacuation is not going to happen. Now, we know that the government has been flooded and I really do mean flooded, with tens of thousands of requests from Canadians and family members saying, hey, my loved one is abroad and can't get back. A lot of Canadians are finding themselves in countries where um, the border remains open but is being shut down, um, and there are few commercial flights available, and the government is really, really urging people to take those flights because otherwise they could find themselves in a situation where they have to stay where they are. I'm thinking of... Peru, for example, where there's almost 5,000 Canadians who are stuck in that country. Uh, They shut down the border with uh, 24 hours notice, basically, Um, and forcing people to stay home for the next 15 days. They're not even allowed to travel within the country um, unless, you know, they're going to the grocery store. Um, So in that case, for example, the government says, you know, Basically, stay put, follow local local government instructions. Uh, places like Manila, Manila uh, in the Philippines, uh, in Morocco, um, there are instances where countries, and there will be more of them, and that's a big warning from the government, uh, where decisions are being made basically hourly, and uh, the government has no control, the federal government has no control over um, what other governments are deciding. So there may not be time to get a commercial flight tomorrow or in two days or in three days. If you can get out, get out now. And if not, the government says, be prepared to hunker down because you may be staying there for weeks, if not possibly months. Um, One thing the government is trying to do, uh, and we saw that earlier this week through uh, sending text messages with anybody that's roaming, is saying, you know, please register. We're going to send you an email asking you if you want to come back, if there are, you know, if there is a, an, an effort or if there are commercial flights that are made available to you, do you want to come back to the country? And then let us know if you're under 18, if you're over 65, if you have underlying medical conditions. The government wants to basically pinpoint where there's the highest concentration of Canadians and then see if it can convince, um, and it is working with aircraft carriers like WestJet right. and Air Canada to see if, they're, they can send commercial flights and so convincing local governments to yeah. um, ease border restrictions to, to get commercial flights um, there and then out with, you know, stressed cane tourists. Yeah. There, there is news this morning, of course, that Air Canada is laying off thousands of employees because of the current situation. So we'll see what impact that has. It's another consequence of the current environment. Um uh, I wanted to ask you, I, I think one of the big questions people have right now is, 
is all of this social distancing and the and the closing of bars and restaurants and all the other measures that are in place this this shutdown of sorts is it working and I know you you uh, talked to officials about that yesterday, and we are not going to know if it's working still for quite a bit of time, right? At least two or two, two or three weeks is what Theresa Tam, uh, Canada's top doctor, said yesterday. Basically, what she's saying is um, it's normal that we see a spike in cases, and the cases that are being reported now are about two weeks old. So you're looking at cases that may have been tested in the last, five days, for example, who've been reporting back, but if this, those people were showing symptoms in the last five days, then that means that they were infected two, one to two weeks prior to that. So you're looking at a snapshot that is two to three weeks old. And that means that, you know, the, the calls for extreme social distancing really have only happened in the last few days. So you won't know until probably early April whether any of the social distancing has helped Canada flatten that curve, the numbers of people who are getting infected through community transfer is going down. Um, and so Canadians should not um, not ignore the advice of officials in thinking that the situation is under control. If they see um, a dip, you know, for a day or two, the numbers are expected to rise. And we heard that from provincial and uh, municipal officials yesterday saying, we're testing more, so we do expect the numbers to go up, and uh, you're, you're not going to know for a while, so please be patient and stay home. The other thing, uh, the other message we heard from the federal government yesterday was that uh, money is not going to be an obstacle here. Whatever it takes, the government will spend the money to support Canadians in this challenging time. Christia Freeland made that clear yesterday. So um, obviously we're not getting a budget uh, in a couple of weeks uh, like we were expecting. Uh, Everything's kind of up in the air right now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've seen that announcement, $82 billion this week, last week, it was about uh, $11 billion. Um, The reason that the government drafted the programs the way that they have was because they thought this was the easiest way to get But that money is probably not going to come until May. Uh, We heard Jagmeet Singh yesterday say that the NDP is going to provide the votes for the minority Liberals to pass what they need, and he's hoping that um, they, the government can start sending checks out the door <laughs> before uh, legislation for employment insurance, for example, is even passed, because um, we know the House probably not going to come back until early next week. Um, so, uh, yes, we did hear that the Liberals are planning to do uh, more. This is really a first phase. We keep hearing that. We heard yesterday suggestion that perhaps the federal government is going to step in and help seniors who've lost money through um, on the stock market, their savings have been wiped out. Uh, would they do something? Basically, the government said, stay tuned. The Global Mail reported last night that uh, there's a bailout coming for the oil and gas sector. They're probably going to put, uh, the suggestion has been made, that they're going to put laid-off uh, oil and gas work- workers to work by cleaning up uh, abandoned wells. Um, so there is a lot more coming, and as you know, every day the Prime Minister is coming out uh, of uh, isolation to speak to Canadians, and ministers are making themselves available for about an hour, announcing uh, changes, whether, for example, last night it was, or yesterday, um, it was uh, how it's bulk buying equipment, things right. like ventilators that they have no need for, but uh, but just as a precaution, that they have 800,000 tests. 
that they're changing the way asylum seekers um, are being housed. The federal government's taking that over to ensure that there is a 14-day period of quarantine and that people are not contaminating each other. So, yeah, the government is uh, is making announcements and making changes mm-hmm. on a daily basis. All right, Althea, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Mark. Have a great day. Stay, stay safe. You too. That's Althea Raj, HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief. Right now, the last thing anyone needs is to be worrying about how to make ends meet. People need to know they have support. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At ctvnews.ca, Don Martin argues Justin Trudeau is growing up before our eyes. Martin writes, Watching his almost daily availability from self-isolation is to see a Prime Minister enduring and embracing a leadership challenge unlike anything his predecessors have faced in peacetime for almost a hundred years. There is cause for comfort to see a Prime Minister who always appeared to be solidly in the lightweight category, doing the heavy pandemic lifting, and so far, doing it well. At Policy Options, Pedro Antunez considers if Canada can weather the economic ravages of the coronavirus. Antunez writes... These are extraordinary times. Canadian leaders, business owners and households are facing unprecedented uncertainty. The short-term economic implications will be incredibly steep. Our economic recovery hinges on successfully containing the spread of COVID-19 and the current measures adopted in Canada are likely on track to do so within a few months. Even if containment takes longer, Canada's economy will eventually recover from the circumstances caused by this pandemic. In the Globe and Mail, Ken Bosenkuhl argues a universal basic income is the wisest solution for the coronavirus economic strain. Bosenkuhl writes, The government has decided on application-based programs and expansions of existing programs, which may not arrive in time and may be held up if isolation requirements get more stringent. They should consider a universal basic income as a supplement to what has been announced. It can be delivered through the tax system as working Canadians file their taxes. Sometimes an idea that makes no sense in normal times makes perfect sense in times of crisis. This is one of those times, and a crisis basic income is one of those ideas. In McLean's, Andrew McDougall argues, sometimes soldiering on is the wrong thing to do. McDougall writes, The Conservative Party is carrying on with the leadership race. Fundraising emails and pledges to remove the carbon tax abound. But right now, Canadians are worried about getting sick, about their jobs, and about their kids being out of school. What they don't care about is who gets to live in Stornoway come June 27th. It's time for the Conservative Party to make a call, because the status quo isn't likely to satisfy anyone, including the population to which they'll be auditioning for in the next election. Now, let's look at what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Trudeau government's Special Committee on the Coronavirus will hold another daily briefing today. And as CPAC's Martin Stringer reports, a lot of attention will be on tonight's closing of the Canada-U.S. border to all but essential travel. Mark, both Prime Minister Trudeau and Deputy Prime Minister Freeland have suggested that the actual closing of the border to all but essential traffic will happen at about midnight tonight. 
Now, every year, more than 13 million Americans cross the border into Canada. It's estimated that about 20% of those trips, uh, depending on the season, are for business. Now, the big question, though, is how will both countries determine what constitutes business or essential travel? For the most part, so far, it's being broadly defined by the governments as travel focused on keeping the two countries' economies running. Now, luckily, there are structures in place, most of which have been developed since 9-11 for security purposes, which help both governments determine regular border crossers for economic purposes. One of them is called the Fast Card for frequent and secure travelers. About 80,000 truckers in Canada and the U.S. have Fast Cards, and that allows them to easily cross the border. There's also a program called Partners in Prosperity, which allows businesses, especially manufacturing businesses, to register. But the challenge will be identifying those crossing the border who haven't registered with any such programs. And there will be some cases where essential travel may also include travel for medical purposes. And then there's the issue of health screening of those regularly crossing the border for possible infections themselves. So far, the two federal governments and state and provincial governments are saying that they are in discussions with trade associations, such as different companies and trucking associations, uh, regarding that testing. So Mark, many questions, some of which may be answered today, and some of which may still need to be hammered out in the weeks to come. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will chair the Cabinet meeting, and then at about 11.15 Eastern Time, he will address Canadians on the coronavirus situation and take questions from the media. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, March the 20th. Tune in to CPAC throughout the day today for continuing coverage of the coronavirus situation and primetime politics weekend for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.